0: What's up everybody, Chris here. I hope you're all staying safe amidst this coronavirus craziness. What you are about to hear is part two of an episode that we recorded last week. Part one, we dropped, we talked NFL Combine, we talked Big Ten Wrestling Tournament. Um, This is going to be some other topics. You'll hear coaching changes, you'll hear winter workouts, uh, some quick hitters, fun things that you guys wrote in about, Um, but keep in mind we recorded this um, about a week ago, March 10th. Um, before things got really crazy and the entire world shut down, before we knew that sports would be canceled for the spring semester and, and everything would be pushed, so take it all with a grain of salt. Hopefully, have a lot more coming for you guys to get us through uh, some of this social distancing or quarantining or whatever the hell it is. But like I said, hope everyone is staying safe. Enjoy the show and uh, let us know what you want to hear about. this us Coaching changes. Um, this is like the off-season of coaching changes. It feels like, uh, feels like we've had more than historically. Um, I had that one. Uh, I had that one tweet where I actually mapped out all the changes. I don't know if you saw that one, um, but it's kind of yep. crazy just how much has changed over Franklin's tenure. Um, the only two guys that are still in their original position from Franklin's start brent pry coaching linebackers
1: and terry smith coaching corners that's kind of crazy yeah i mean well at the beginning you had guys getting poached from other programs because we weren't quite paying enough yeah and now with the more success the program is having you see guys leaving for head coaching jobs and for nfl jobs yeah
0: and that's and that's the sad thing like i i understand that it is absolutely inevitable and it's gonna happen um but it's sad to see people go. So we're gonna start with the hardest one for me. Um, this this one genuinely made me sad. Like I, I know I I ham things up on this show. Happy for him, but sad that it Yeah. Sad that it's over. Our good friend, Coach Chaos, Sean Spencer, leaves Penn State to go to the New York football giants. Ugh. Tough. It's tough, man. Um yeah, I, I I don't even know what to say. It's this sucks because, again, we've talked about before how you can tell when players are really attached to a coach, um, and not to say that they're not like all their coaches, but like you could tell this is special. Um, that HBO doc showed it, um, you know, showed how much they loved him, and you know, somebody commented, uh, commented like, yeah, as soon as that doc aired, I texted my friend and said some NFL team is going to poach him because uh, of how you know how much he was featured and. It happens, so yeah. Like you All said, right. like you said, I am so unbelievably happy for him to get his shot to go to the NFL because I do think he's one of the best defensive line coaches in the country. Um, but it's really sad to see him
1: leave. I know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, hopefully, he helps out the struggling New York Giants, the yeah. hapless oh, New the York worst. Giants, if you will. It's the worst
0: too. <laughs> if you're if you've listened to this podcast where <laughs> Pat and I are both Jets fans. So, Coach Chaos, you're killing me going to the Giants. Best team
1: life. in New Jersey.
0: Hell yeah. Um, I will say this. I live in New York City now. Coach Spencer, you follow us on Twitter. If you're listening to this, let's link up. I would love to get you on the show. Um, I like it. I actually will probably reach out to him. He follows us from the the stuff that we've done with uh, Sack Hunger and stuff like that. So I probably will reach out to him, see if he wants to come on. Of course. He's a busy guy. He's an NFL coach now. but uh, Yeah. Um, I mean he'll say no but he'll it's say fine. no but he's a nice enough guy <laughs> to respond um, but but he's, he's someone who's been with uh, he's been with coach Franklin uh, since the beginning at Vanderbilt um, which I thought was really cool he's been coaching for I looked this up on Wikipedia earlier which of course is an incredibly reliable source um, he's been coaching for like 25 years something crazy like that really yeah so like you can't you can't be mad at the guy for for going to take his hey take his chance you know what i mean now nah, we're happy for him yeah he started his coaching career in 1995 at wesleyan went to shippensburg wesleyan. trinity i didn't even know wesleyan
1: had a football team
0: yeah uh, he coached wide receivers and tight ends back then uh went to shippensburg trinity uh coached running backs then massachusetts holy cross villanova hofstra shout out long island uh massachusetts bowling green and then finally vanderbilt penn state new york giants so i um, very happy for him also a fun fact i'm all over the place today it's late i'm sorry did you know he played safety in his playing career
1: didn't wouldn't have guessed it either
0: unbelievable defensive line coach ah, played safety where did he play uh, college playing career He was a f- starting free safety for the Division 2 Clarion Golden Eagles For three seasons Clarion, I believe that is a Pennsylvania team uh, They are located in Clarion, Pennsylvania <laughs> I have no idea where in Pennsylvania that is But uh, circle gets the square Good shit um, So you move on, you gotta replace him And since we take forever between episodes We have the replacement It is John Scott Jr. Uh, most recently, coming to us from South Carolina. Uh, I
1: assume you are an expert on John Scott Jr. Yes. I mean, we go way back. Like, yes. John Scott Jr. and I are good friends. I figured.
0: Um, no, I, I genuinely don't know anything about him. Um, tried to do some research. It's, I, it's tough, man. Whenever there's new coaches, you always want to go and see. Like, all right, what have they done before? What stats can I pull to show? Like we did that with you know. Coach
1: for the New York Jets. He did.
0: He did, so he's got an interesting I like that. he's got an interesting coaching history as well. He was a, a defensive quality uh, assistant or something for the Jets
1: and then an assistant D line coach. So that was back in 2015, 2016. fifteen, twenty sixteen. I'll tell you he was good enough to go from Texas Tech to the New York Jets in two years. This is true. So that's 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 promising.
0: Yeah, yeah, look at you, uh, pulling back even further. Texas Tech to the New York Jets, to Arkansas for two years, to South Carolina for a year and now with us at Penn State.
1: So and for anybody worried about the NFL back down to college bump, that's mostly because of the head coach getting fired, nothing to do with his own job.
0: Yeah, that's the incompetence <laughs> of the New York Jets. We're, we're good with that. <laughs> uh, uh, but, yeah, I was reading uh, at Arkansas, um, he was the only coach kept on after Bielema was let go. I think it was Brett Bielema, I think. Yeah. Uh, so after Bielema left, like the new coach, uh, John Scott Jr. was the only one he kept take that for what you will, kind of a cool thing. Um, and then South Carolina last year, uh, again, I'm not going to read too much into their stats. He was there for one year, but uh, Javon Kinlaw is a first-round draft pick this year. He was on their D-line. He's He's been coaching them. I'm excited, man. You got to all I need to hear, baby. You got to be. Uh, all Coach of Famer, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. All of Famer. Coach Chaos tweeted out, um, and I think this is probably because he's just a good guy, but hopefully he means it too. Uh, so, John is a personal friend of mine, one of the great D-line coaches in the country. I'm excited for you and PSU. Go get him, big dog. Welcome to Penn State. Yeah, um, listen, John's
1: a good jo- guy. John and I play bocce ball on Wednesdays. Yeah, yeah. And he and didn't let you he win. He is a high-character individual, I'll yeah. tell you. And just a genius yeah. when it comes to football. I feel a lot more confident now. Thank you, Pat. Um, you
0: welcome. <laughs> Honest question, though. Actually, last question for this this segment do you think he keeps
1: the hashtag wild dogs? I think he should. Actually, I probably... Honestly, prob- if he doesn't, I, I think we'll have to fire him. Yeah, I probably could have uh,
0: answered this question for myself by looking at his Twitter, because they always tweet out the, uh, you know, winner of the day for winter workouts. True, um, true. I wonder if he's used that hashtag. Um, ooh, I don't see him using... Oh, he
1: has not used it. In his last, I'll have a couple of tweets. Well, we we play bocce tomorrow. Okay, I was gonna say, I what guess day. today based on when this episode is gonna come out. Right, right. So I'll
0: have I'll have a chat with him. Yeah, just just like a friendly nudge. Be like, hey, hey, John, listen, listen,
1: listen. I'm a dog. Yeah, I'm a dog.
0: That's it, man. Um, I'm a villain. <laughs> so John Scott Jr., welcome to the team. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, this is old news, but we haven't talked about it yet. Taylor Stubblefield, new wide receivers coach. What do you know about Taylor? I,
1: he he's not in your bocce league, is he? No, he's not. Um, okay, okay. But we do occasionally go on ski trips in the winter. Okay, very nice, very nice. Tremendous name, Stubblefield. Stubblefield? Stubblefield, I Stubblefield or Stubblefield? I don't Which know. Which one is it? Let's guess, what do you think? I like Stubble. Stubble would be cool.
0: It gives it a little bit of extra, like, ambiance to it. Yeah. Um, uh, I have no pronunciation on Wikipedia, so... Uh, um so yeah, the only thing uh the, the thing that if you've done any research on uh, Mr. Stubble Stubblefield, uh, or read any articles, the big thing about him is that he has not
1: stayed put anywhere. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? I have I've seen it on the notes that you gave me. <laughs> his so co- much.
0: His coaching career, he has he has coached only wide receivers, which is great. He's gotta be good at it by now. Good side. Um he has spent no more than Two years at any place, going from Central Washington, Eastern Michigan, Illinois State, Central Michigan, New Mexico, Wake Forest, Utah, Toronto Argonauts, which I guess is the CFL maybe. CFL, yeah. Uh, Air Force, Miami, Florida last year, and now Penn State. Um, Pretty consistent upward trajectory there. I agree. I agree. Yeah, there, there is not too many like jumps down to lower level schools. Um It's a little bit worrisome for me, to be honest. Like, all right, this guy's jumped around a whole lot. Is there a reason for that? Like, because if he was really, really, really good, don't you think someone would, like, fight to keep him?
1: Well, here's the thing is when you're at – like, I'm sure they would, but how how hard can Illinois State and Central Michigan fight? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, the first school he went to that would have the ability to fight for him at all would be Utah. Mm Mm-hmm. And – as good as they've been, I don't think – I'd be surprised if they're, like, a high, highly funded program. Yeah. And then after that, um, Toronto, Toronto Argonauts, I would assume he followed a head coach there. I don't know. Um, Air Force, again, isn't going to be able to spend the money to really keep him. And then after that, it would be Miami. But if he gets an offer from, you know, our program's in much better shape than Miami's. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, I think this is just a case of he gets he's getting offers and he's going to go to the place that is paying him more and is more, you know, is the better program. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually very OK with that. And, you know, of course, that's me playing
0: a little bit of devil's advocate. I'm not actually super worried about it, but it's worth noting.
1: Um, yeah, it's something you got to talk about when you have a Penn State podcast.
0: Yeah. Hey, guess what? I have one of those crazy. Check it out. <laughs> uh, I think the positive spin here is, you know, Franklin, Franklin has said this. He said, this is like, he knows he wants stability in a place where he can grow a team. Franklin needs stability in the wide receiver room. This is the fourth wide receiver coach in four years going from, uh, who is it? Gattis to Corley to Parker to now Stubblefield. Um, I think we're just going to call him Stubblefield. It might be Stubble. I'm just going to go with Stubble. I like Stubble, uh, but I think that's that. You know, that is actually a nice match if if both sides are really like, hey, yes, we want some stability. I want to be here. I want to grow this program, grow this room. Wide well, receiver room is a challenge right now.
1: We know that. So yeah, I mean, it. I. It's one of the positions where it, we're looking for more consistency and depth out of this room, and ability to bring in big recruits. Yep. That uh, just hasn't quite been there, and. You know, instability at the wide receivers coaching position would certainly point to why that would be. Absolutely. So, uh, rooting for rooting for Stubblefield
0: big time. We um, had Beltgate. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, one of his first days on the job, uh, he was on a recruiting oh, trip yeah. <laughs> with a <the> Miami belt. <laughs> on a recruiting trip with uh, seeing, visiting Parker Washington and he was wearing a University of Miami belt. Um, and it's hilarious because obviously it doesn't matter, but it's very fun to have to poke around with on twitter um and what i loved was like the next day he tweeted out a picture of like three or four belts and was like all good won't happen again so like loved that he gets you know gets the joke plays along with it because one of the things i've heard about him too is he's more of a you know technical tactician than a recruiter um which is kind of interesting because we've had a lot of like big personalities in the past
1: um i'm fine with that though because i you know James Franklin is a great recruiter. Yep. Um, and I, I think what we need is a guy to come in and actually mold players mm-hmm. more more so than recruit them. Yeah. You know, I, curb yep. the drops, get, you know, get guys running great routes, things like that. I think yeah. we, are, we already have a strong recruiting presence. I think bringing in a tactician is, is a good Good change of pace. Yeah, I agree. And, and Josh Gattis, who I've
0: always spoken very highly, was – I mean, I think he was both. I think he was a very good recruiter, but he was known for being an excellent wide receivers coach. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping we have that again. So Taylor Stubblefield, welcome to the show. Um, last two quick ones. Deion Barnes, a former defensive end back around the time that you and I were in school. Um, yeah. Now a grad assistant. Um, really exciting for this. Love it. Uh, uh, quick, fun, yeah. quick fun fact. I may have even said this on the show before. Um, his freshman year, he and I had a class together. Not a big deal. Don't have to talk about it. It was Theater 100 or Theater 101. It was an acting class. Uh, Dion Barnes, not bad. He did, How were uh, his acting chops? Pretty good, actually. He did uh, He did a scene with another guy. They did uh, one of the classic scenes from Remember the Titans where uh, uh, oh, Gary Bertier and Julius Left were talking. side, strong side? Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, was that the scene he did no it was the one where they're like talking about they have to get to know each other and they're like taking like no ah, family yeah. he's like i'm julius you're gary like that whole that one yeah um but it was good so T- dion welcome um but no he's actually been doing uh if you follow him on twitter he's been doing a uh, i don't know if you would call it a camp or, or a workout but like every weekend he's been training like high school kids um I think he was coaching at a high school, uh, and then he had these like weekend practices where I've seen um, one of our followers, a guy that won one of the Wild Dog shirts, his son goes to it. And, like I- I've seen just positive reviews of-, of parents and kids saying that they've loved working with him. Um, so I'm actually really, really excited about this one. That's awesome. Yes, it's a grad assistant, but hey, Tyler Bone was a grad assistant at one point. He's our yeah. tight ends coach. is a guy you could
1: groom to be a future D-line
0: coach. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, And then the next one, um, Adam Brenneman, former Penn State tight end, uh, now a grad assistant at Arizona State under Herm Edwards. So
1: nothing to say there, but uh, yeah, nothing to say. Love Herm. Congrats to Adam. Um, End of the podcast, Adam Brenneman, we Mm -hmm. should call him.
0: Yeah, dude, leave some some for the rest of us. You know, you have a pretty great collegiate career. To become a fucking podcaster, take our jobs, and now you're gonna go. Yes, well, I'm
1: thinking now that he's you know got, got the career, maybe he won't have time to podcast this as much. It's true, this open, he can just come back on as a guest, yeah, yeah. Like the, Adam. the podcast that gave him his podcasting start, really,
0: true, true. I think we were the first. So, Adam, I know you're listening. Um, welcome to come back on the show anytime. We can talk about your new role, open and, invitation. We can, and we could talk about how you've given up podcasting to let us have our life, yes.
1: <laughs> because, right. of, because of the staunch
0: competition in the field. Yeah, obviously. We're crushing it yeah. in the ratings. Um, I think that's it for Coaching Changes. Did I miss anything? No, that's it. Doubtful. Okay, we're, we're getting close to the end here. This is going to be a long episode. Um, maybe it'll be broken up into smaller episodes. We don't know yet. Winter workouts. Uh, winter workouts are, I believe, done. Um, how
1: excited are you about winter workouts? Oh, I mean... It's hard to find words to describe the excitement of winter workouts. Guys winning the <laughs> day, things like this, just, just can't thing. be overstated. How exciting, <laughs> I, I I, find it. Riveting. I, I, Rivening, I can feel the sincerity in your voice.
0: Um yeah. Yeah, obviously, it's you know it's something that just gets you through the offseason. Very important for the team.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, it's also <laughs> <Very> extremely important.
0: <laughs> extremely important for the team. For us Especially as, for the young guys. For us as fans, it is what it is. Um, but some things to take away. Uh, so Dwight Galt, I mentioned him earlier, our strength and conditioning coach. Absolute listed, beast. Listed as the top strength and conditioning coach by 24-7 Sports. Um they didn't actually put out like a ranking list, one, two, three, four, but they said here are the top strength and conditioning coaches, and he was mentioned first, so I'm taking that
1: as a win. Yeah, that's number one as far as I'm concerned.
0: Number one. Number one
1: in your playbooks and in your hearts. Yes, absolutely. Um, pretty cool snippet from
0: that article over the seven-year sample. I guess I don't know what seven years they were looking at. Um,
1: he has trained 30 of three of the last seven years. Maybe. So I guess. Baby, <laughs> it's late, man. It's <laughs> nine forty at night. I've had a long day.
0: Uh, he has trained thirty-three above-average NFL athletes, which means they are fiftieth percentile or higher for their position, which is the most of any strength coach in the country over that time period. And he's also trained the most elite NFL athletes, which is ninetieth percentile or higher over that sample
1: uh, with nine.
0: Pretty damn. Which good. is
1: insane when you think about. Football factors like Alabama and Clemson and
0: LSU.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Oklahoma. You know, yeah. like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, seven years, you know, there's, Franklin's going on year six, so this probably includes some of the Vanderbilt time. Um, yeah, he, I mean, he just produces, like, we, we've I seen I mean, did it. any of those players come from Vanderbilt though? <laughs> I don't know. They don't give me the names. I'm just saying, if you're talking about seven years, you never know. Um, but I think it's important because you look at the guys at the Combine who have put on just absolute – clinics i mean a guy like troy apke who worked himself into a high draft pick um you see yes i mean oh, i will say one we kind of knew but yes i credit dwight Gold had an a lot insane of same
1: combine though
0: yeah yeah and no i, I mean i was saying i kind of credit that just to him being a freak athlete but yes dwight Gold had a big hand in making sure that he got to where he wanted to be um so the only quick things i have from winter workouts um it, it is fun he's seeing
1: every day like this guy won the day um i love that. i do love seeing the videos of guys like putting up big numbers too it's awesome yeah, yeah. and how pumped everyone gets for like dude, you that. see like the whole team get around when people start maxing out yeah it's cool
0: yeah no it's it's very cool um i was gonna say it's funny when they tweet out like this guy won the day because i think that's really important for morale and i love it but it, it always makes me laugh for like a position group like tight ends when there's like four of them so it's yeah. just, like it's just rotating like every couple of days the the next guy um here uh, north I just in the one guy who just never wins the day. Right? It's like, Coach, Coach, what do I got to do to win the day? Really, really would like to save that tweet. I don't know. Uh, Fucking work harder. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like you mentioned, it is cool seeing the guys hyped, seeing everyone excited. So we'll start. There are some new records broken. We'll start with Antonio Shelton. Big wild dog in the middle will be a starting D tackle for us. Uh, he has surpassed Saquon Barkley for number two. On the all-time bench press list for any position so penn state keeps track per position and then I, I think for some of the some of the um workouts or exercises they have regardless of position who's up top um he benched 465 pounds to pass saquon and now holds second place on that list
1: that's, that's pretty pounds. great that's, that, that's the kind of things i want to see out of an interior defensive line hell yeah you know? I expect Antonio Shelton to be pushing guys around next season. Absolutely. And it's funny that Saquon is even number two on that
0: list with offensive and defensive linemen all competing. It's not funny. It's insane. It's insane. Um, So 465, uh, Stephen Gonzalez is number one at 475. I have a feeling in whatever the summer workouts or whatever's next, uh, Antonio Shelton will break that. Um, On one of Antonio Shelton's workout videos, he was putting up, I think, 405 for many reps. This was one of the one where the music is blaring, everyone is around him, and I noticed one guy just going in. I don't know if you saw this tweet, but I zoomed in, cropped the dude. This is like, this is the best support of a friend, a teammate, I think I've ever seen. Yes, he was acting for the camera a little bit, but this dude was just so hyped
1: and shook that his boy was crushing the bench press. Um, yeah, I mean, how, how many reps had... 225. You think Antonio Shelton to be putting up 67, like
0: 80? I don't know. Um, No, realistically, probably in the 30s. (laughs) But uh, the the guy that was going crazy, his name uh, on Twitter Tank Cinco, uh, running back at Penn State. Tremendous name. I couldn't find him uh, on on the roster. I'm guessing maybe he's a younger guy, maybe a walk on. Um, Sorry, but to Tank, shout out to you, man. That video was hilarious. Got me a ton of likes. So shout out. but yeah, I think that's really, really cool, and Antonio Shelton, big dog. Uh, next new record, Micah Parsons takes over the sole possession of the linebacker board for power clean at 375, and he passes Jason Cabinda, a legend of the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is one of the things, like, you can't be shocked at just because of what a freak athlete Micah is. Mm-hmm. And they had some fun with each other on Twitter. Uh, like, Micah
0: tweeted that and was like, you're not in first anymore. Uh, Jason uh, Kabinda wrote back, like, let me know when you pass me in tackles. Uh, and then they were like, let me know how well, many. He's you crushing them. <laughs> well, well, it was funny because, like, he, he said that. He's like, uh, let me know, uh, you know, how many do you have? Micah uh, like said. And I think Kabinda said something like, get your ass to the bookstore and look at the steps. You know how they have them on the steps? Yeah. Um, and I tried to do the research. Dude, the history and record book keeping of college football does not love defense. You can find any offensive statistic you want. I was looking just for all time Penn State tackle leaders. Nowhere to be found. Um,
1: all right. Well, someone who is currently at Penn State, go take a picture yeah. of the steps for us and tweet it at us, please. That would actually be fantastic if you are there. I would love that um,
0: because I, I mean, Wikipedia has it listed. Serious yeah, nice request. It is. You know, it's a very serious request. Uh, Wikipedia had like the top five, but it doesn't have the whole list. And everywhere else I, I looked, you gotta just like manually look up each guy, which is like super Ugh. Is um, ridiculous. So yeah, if someone get us a picture of that. I would love to see the boards in the weight room too. I don't know how we would get that, but like to see the positional rankings because I couldn't find. Well, we them know
1: anymore. a lot of players are listening. Feel yeah, free,
0: yeah, boys, hook us up. Um, so Micah <laughs> in first first place there, uh, which is awesome. And then Dez Holmes, offensive lineman, played a lot of backup reps last year uh, becomes the, the number one offensive lineman for power. a Redshirt freshman this past season.
1: Correct. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he'll, he'll again sometime you now. Mm-hmm. Something, something I want to see out of our young guys here. I, I I like, I'll be expecting big things out of Des Holmes. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you look at, you know, the offensive line next year, you got some guys
0: returning, but there's also, uh, some, some young up and comers going to be all fighting for some spots and Des Holmes will be one of them. So in general, winter workouts, uh, a success. Um, they do their tier systems. So Dwight Galt has tier one, which is like, this guy's raw, needs a lot of help. Most of your young guys, tier two, like solid, on, on a good path. And then tier three is your freak athlete. Um, right now, there are 23 guys in tier three, which I have no basis for comparison, but sounds like a lot. It does. I remember some of the it's early a, years. I lot more like, guys than I
1: have in tier three. <laughs>
0: I feel like some of the early years, I remember reading that, and there would be like nine guys, ten guys, um, because it was like truly, like, these guys are on the next level. Um, And he mentioned a bunch of guys There, you know, you can watch Dwight Galt's uh, press conference, but he mentioned guys like Micah and Jesse, uh, mentioned Des Holmes, mentioned Will Fries, uh, mentioned Journey Brown taking control of the running back room, which I loved, Um, said he benched 395, and he was, quote-unquote, heartbroken that he didn't get 400, Yeah, (laughs) which is awesome and i love I'll that oh absolutely um so yeah it's like i said winter workouts for us it's a fun little takeaway it gets us through the lull um but for these guys obviously incredibly important and, and really you know gives you some good indication of guys that, that might blow up and break out next year so do i galt thank you you're the man and uh that's all i got for winter workouts love it we are talking a lot, man. This is a uh, this, this is what happens when you don't podcast for two months.
1: This is what the fans want, Ben. This
0: is true. This is true. Um, like I said, we'll we'll see if this is one super long or maybe a couple small ones. But um, let's finish up with some quick hitters. We got we got some news. We got uh, one more voicemail. One more Twitter question. We'll get it's through wrestling. these. And then I, I wasn't going to forget it, man. I remember. I got to make sure sometimes. I know, but I was going to segue. I was going to say, let's finish up with some quick hitters, and then we'll go out with a bang with wrestling. Um, anyway, quick hitters. First one, knew it was coming. Actually, I, I honestly. I, I didn't know it was coming. I, be- I, I, I tricked myself or convinced myself into believing it wasn't
1: coming, but Ricky Slade is officially in the transfer portal, your thoughts, Pat. Yeah, I mean, kind of bummed out just because he made it seem like it wasn't a thing. Um, not that, not that I'm like knocking on him at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, it'd be it, guy, that'd be useful to keep. Uh, Would have loved to, you know, there was a lot of talk about seeing him and talk from us, not any official sources, about seeing him in the slot and how you know I, that could have been exciting. But I get it. You know, he's kind of become the fourth guy in a four-man room after being one of the biggest running back recruits in the country. I understand, man. There's just not room for, you know, he, I'm sure he wants to play in the NFL. There's just not room for him to shine right now. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. And it's,
0: I mean, it's sad because we, I mean, we have the same conversation anytime someone goes in, right? It's, it's, we hate it. We understand if they want to go to the NFL. We get it. And like, yeah, yeah he's it, doing it what's like right for him.
1: I, like you can't, you can't be mad at a guy for looking out for himself.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, um, the caveat that we always put out there, just because you're in the portal doesn't mean you have to transfer. It just means that you can. So as of right now, what would you give the percentage chance that he leaves to stays? Probably like 75 that he leaves. I was going to say 70-30. So that we're, listen, look at us. Hey, hey, look at us. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's like you said. He's, he kind of became the fourth guy in a four-man room. You're bringing in two big-time freshmen this year. So now it becomes a six-man room. Um, yeah, even if you're number three in that
1: room, like that's still kind of tough. Um, I know, and it's not like people are graduating and bringing like leaving room for him. He's yep, the yep. oldest guy in the room, yeah, yeah, exactly. second, second
0: oldest, right? Yeah, yeah, Journey, uh, yeah, second old Journey, Journey's is a year right.
1: ahead of him, yep, exactly. Kane is a year behind him, and Ford is too, yep, Kane, Ford, and then Keevon
0: Lee and Kaziah Holmes coming in. Um, so, yeah, it's a packed room. It's a packed room. You know, we're quickly becoming RBU. I say that somewhat facetiously, like I don't care about RBU, but we've been pumping out some talent, and Journey Brown is, is showing that he can be that next one. Um, Noah Kane and Devin Ford are going to continue to push for time. These two new uh, freshmen are going to push for time. So, yeah, I get it. Um, I, I do think it's a pretty pretty thing, pretty thing, sure thing that he'll leave. Um but it's interesting. It's been super quiet. I haven't seen any reports of where he might go, where he might be looking. Um, he, he tweeted out, I think it was yesterday or the day before, like, Miami, see you soon. And then his next tweet was, chilly, y'all. I'm going there for spring break, not to, visit the, <laughs> not to visit the university, which I thought was really, really funny. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I wish him the best. It's, it's interesting with these guys, too, because uh, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but Justin Shorter officially landed at University of Florida I don't know if he's eligible to play. Like, what waiver would he, you know, get? What waiver would Ricky Slade get? Um, Which is sad, because you see guys like Tate Martell and Justin Fields get them just because they're quarterbacks and prime players. Um, But yeah, did you ever think after getting Justin Shorter and Ricky Slade two five-stars that they'd both be gone after two years? No, I didn't think that. So best of luck to Ricky. I hope you know if he does choose to leave, he finds somewhere where he can shine and and ball out. That's all. Uh, next up, James Franklin, the bald man got paid. Yes, sir. I liked that tweet. I thought it was pretty funny. I remember, board man got paid. Bald man. Got I, I paid. get it. I understand. Nah, I just gotta explain, just in case. <laughs> I get it. Um, he gets paid, man. I don't understand college coaching contracts. They're super confusing. There's tons of incentives, tons of layers, tons of buyouts, all this kind of random shit. Um, if you would like to understand his contract in depth, I recommend you go to the athletic. Audrey Snyder wrote an article and laid everything out for um, law school. Or law school. Yeah, you could. Honestly, that might be better. Because the athletic is is it's a subscription. You gotta pay like a certain amount a month. Law school might be cheaper.
1: I don't think it is, but
0: No, not at all. Uh, it's my poor attempt at humor. As I mentioned, it's late. Um, basically, uh, the, you know, the, the simplistic things that I took away from that article, uh, he's guaranteed 5.4 million this year, going all the way up to 6.5 million in 2025. Um, so at 5.4 million this year, uh, that's kind of right at what he was projected to get on his old contract. Um, but there's some bonuses, incentives, uh, that will bump that up. Uh, keeps him at number three in the big 10. Do you know who is ahead of him? Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is number one at like seven and a half million, which is insane. Scott Frost. Same, same, like Stratosphere, but but not him. Purdue. I don't know. Purdue. Jeff really? Brom. Jeff Brom, right? That's his name. Like Interesting. I feel like the, all of like the mid-level Big Ten teams, I, I mix up their coaches a lot. Yeah, um, But yeah, Jeff Brown at <laughs> Purdue is at like 6.6 6 next year. Um, Ryan Day just signed an extension, so he will eventually surpass that as well towards the end of his contract. Like I said, these things are really, really weird how they go. Um, a couple things that changed, the buyout uh, The buyout changed. So if, if Franklin wanted to leave, the buyout now starts at $5 million in 2020 that either he would have to pay or the team poaching him would have to pay. Um, and goes down by a million each year to 2025, um, but that's more than it was in his previous contract. So that gives us some security. Um, and, and you know, the thing that you hope that we've talked about in the past is hopefully, if he, even if his salary wasn't going up astronomically, you hope that there's something in there for assistance and something in there for facilities. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And that was uh, that was talking contracts. Uh, next up. Uh, a new rule passed in college football. Players in college football can now wear the number zero. I think it's starting this year. Um, I thought this was like a fake tweet. I, I really thought it was a joke. I was like, all right, what does this mean? Um, but I've read a couple different things, and it seems real. Who do you think on the current team would be good with number zero?
1: Am I supposed to ignore the fact that I know who wants it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is just your opinion. We'll get to that <laughs> <laughs> um I could see uh CJ Holmes, number sixty nine, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I could see zero. him as a number zero. Uh maybe like a C. Fred Thorpe. Hansard. CJ Thorpe, not Holmes. CJ yeah, sorry. CJ yep. Thorpe. Yep. Fred Hansard, yeah. Yeah
2: I, think, uh, yeah, I
0: think I think zero is almost complementary to 99. Like, it's got to be, like, a big-bodied interior lineman. Thorpe on the offensive line, Hamster on the defensive line, or P.J. Mustafer, Like, one of those big, like, just bruisers. Um, but we had a couple people tweet us. Some A lot of people talked linebackers. I don't know if I see that. Um, I could see a wide receiver rocking it. Uh, I could have seen KJ doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like uh, a Gilbert I, Arenas kind of agent zero thing going on. Yep, yep. I could definitely see that um somebody tweeted out joey julius uh, our favorite kicker i the mean past and until i heard the response i thought that was the answer yeah and i said i tweeted i was like i'm kind of torn because i loved that he wore 99 but i also would love zero um and he responded he's like no i don't want that uh, i think he said i'm good with one or 99 so joey julius thanks for responding welcome to come on the show anytime open insight baby um, and then we got a we got a quote tweet from a current player Jordan Stout, the kicker, possibly the punter this year. He said, "I want this." So, give it to him, baby. Listen, I will say this: give it to him. if Jordan Stout starts this year wearing zero, that's because of us. Just put that out there. Clearly, would he have seen it elsewhere? Sure. Did he? See I it doubt it. Else? Yeah, that's true. Actually, maybe he wouldn't have. I doubt <laughs> it. So that's number zero. More quick hitters: uh, John Urschel on the college football
1: playoff committee. I, I think that's a tremendous Like, I mean, he's literally the smartest person to ever play football. How about a ball so. time? Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a I Love You Man it's reference? Probably in the top 100.
0: <laughs> you ever seen I Love You Man? Uh, yeah. Paul Rudd and, and Jason Segel is like, oh, Rush, the greatest band ever. Yeah, yeah. How about of all time? It's great. Classic line. Sorry.
1: <laughs> I'm getting off topic. Uh, go ahead. John Herschel. Yeah, I mean, just you couldn't ask for a better person to be on the committee. The guy's a certified genius. Yeah. And, and he played football. So, yeah. like, so he knows what to look for, at, you know, on the field. Yeah. And, and Tremendous. It's, yeah, I mean, like, I made
0: some, like, joking tweets about how smart he is and how he would be explaining things to other committee members. But I do think he'll have, like, a real impact on, you know, hopefully taking some of that traditional bias out of it and maybe – Using his math genius to to help change some things. Yeah, up. he could create so a, just, a whole new algorithm for it, right? Um, all right, two more quick hitters, and then we will finish up with wrestling. Um, last on, we have a Twitter question. That's a DM, not a not a not a reply, but a DM. Jack Durbin uh, at Chevy Sudurbin Classic. Right. Um, DM does said that the positional strengths and weaknesses of this team seem more obvious than usual. Strengths being running back, linebacker, tight end and the weaknesses being wide receiver and defensive back. What positional groups do you guys think will surprise
1: us the most for better or for worse? I'm going with wide receiver. Steubenfield coming in, changing the culture right away. I like it. I like it. Um, I'm okay with that. I I, I think uh, I think there's some
0: some guys in there that are going to surprise you a bit. We, we've talked about them in some past episodes, and of course we'll do it in previews, but uh, Keandre Lambert is off to a hot start already. Uh, in which I'm workouts. looking for a big year out of Jahan. Jahan is going to be the leader. Um, I think. I think you've got some young guys where I think it'll surprise us in the fact that it won't be a true weakness. It won't be amazing,
1: but it won't be like, damn, we can't throw the ball. Yeah. Um, what, what I'm looking for out of this group of wide receivers is a deep, balanced group. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as as opposed to the past two years with like KJ and then Committee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm okay with that. If there's no single star, you know, Jahan's
0: leading it, but everyone else's contributors. Um, I'm actually going to take his other, you know, weakness. He mentioned the wide receivers and the defensive backs. I actually, and I don't know if I should, but I actually feel really good about the defensive backs. Um, we had a, a ton, ton of-, of we had a ton of issues last year with pass coverage. We know that we got torched, um, but I think I think in the, in the safety room you've got you know second years out of Brisker, Sutherland, and Wade, second, third, whatever they are, all coming off of pretty good years. Like Wade had the best year of his life. You build on that, that's someone I feel very good about. Brisker. Lamont Wade's going to have a big season. I think he's going to. Another big season. Brisker having his second year in real-life football. You know, last year he played a good bit. That was coming right out of Juco. Um, Yeah. And then Sutherland's a guy that I just love. So I, I feel good about that. And then corner. It, it, we're finally kind of moving on from some of the old guard. It's funny, like, you look back, like, the last couple of years, it almost seems like it's been, like, the same ga- same guys for a while, where it was, you know, Grant Haley and Christian Campbell and, and John Reed and, and Garrett Taylor was a corner and Lamont Wade was a corner. Like, all of these guys just one after another after another. And, like, Tariq Fields is, is there, and we'll see kind of what he makes of, of this final year. But I think I'm so excited about the two young guys that played last year, and keaton ellis and marquise wilson like i think these two are like real legit cover corners, guys that can blossom into top round draft picks you know we we're just talking about the draft i know that's getting way ahead of myself but i'm really excited about the two of them and i, I mean i'm wait. saying top two draft picks to both of them yeah so number one, one and number two <laughs> 2024 draft whatever it is yeah. um well, I'm good, just, why not i'm just really excited about both of those guys so i it's funny, it, it, if we if we pick wide receiver and defensive back, it could be no weaknesses. That means we will have zero weaknesses, so we just solved defense State football, which is I crazy. mean, it makes it's sense. sense. It makes sense. Um, but yeah, that's that's my answer there, so I'm going to wrap that up because I'm talking a lot. Um, last quick hitter, we got a voicemail, C.J.
2: Scalzetti coming yes. in. Yes. Lagoon. Hey, guys, C.J. Scalzetti here, representing originally Long Island. No. Sorry, make that strong, Island, Longtime listener, first-time caller, lock, lock. All right, guys, it is now March, and our recruiting class for 2021 consists of two guys. One is the quarterback's brother, and the other guy actually decommitted for a few days before coming back to the program. Can someone explain to me why we're off to such a slow start for recruiting in 2021? Question mark. I actually thought I was dictating that, which is why I said question mark. I'm really kind of messed up now. So I heard the reason the 2020 class didn't go as well as we wanted to. We had some coaching changing going on. And then we also heard, well, they had a disappointing season in 2018. This was the same season that we only went nine and four. It wasn't like the floor fell off like Michigan State or Notre Dame, and we ended up going like nine and three or four and seven. We went seven. We went ah nine. We went nine and four, and still we kept hearing about how disappointing the season was. So this year we end up having a very good season. We go to a New Year six. We're ranked in the playoffs. Finished top ten. A lot of talent coming back for next year. We're preseason top seven, and we could not be any colder when it comes to recruiting to start. So what what is it? Why? Is this not the case why are we not dominating the state like we used to why do we have all these good pennsylvania kids leaving early am i just jumping the gun am i being a nervous nelly i don't know well we'll see all right guys talk to you soon all
0: right first and foremost cj eddie thank you for calling in uh this is one of our og followers uh guys followed us since the early days always interacts with us normally tweets his questions um, I, I love the voicemail. Uh, the dictation. I like the move to the voicemail. I love it. Love it. Love I'm it. Coming. Keep Siege. doing them. Keep them coming. We we love we love the enthusiasm. Um, recruiting. Chris, you are our resident recruiting expert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got. And I promise I won't ramble for too long because you know I'll do a deep dive on this eventually. Um, so a couple of things. Like one, not completely overreacting. I, I, I think you're right. It's it's something that. The last year or two, we've kind of been a little off on recruiting. And yes, coaching changes. Yes, quote-unquote, disappointing seasons. Um, I I tried to look into it to see where we were at this time last year, um, and it actually wasn't too far off. So right now, um, what CJ was referencing, you know, we have two commits. One is the quarterback's brother. That's uh, Liam Clifford, Sean Clifford's brother, uh, projected as a wide receiver, I believe. He's kind of an athlete. Um, And then we have a guy, uh, Nate Bruce, who actually – Decommitted, like reopened his recruitment, but then said, just kidding, like 24 hours later, if, if yeah. 24 hours later. Um, both three stars, nothing major. Um, so last year at this time, I actually looked, who, who did we have committed before March 10th of 2019? We actually only had two guys as well. Now the difference is one of those guys is Curtis Jacobs, who turned out to be a five-star linebacker and our top uh, recruit in the class. And Micah Bowens, who is a quarterback and always a cornerstone of the class. Um, so it is a little scary. Why don't we have more traction? Maybe even if not commits, why don't we have more like, hey, these are the guys we know we're going after and, and are close to committing. Like, you don't even hear that much this year. Um, so there's a My lot of guess factors. is all the coaching changes, right? I think it's got to be some of it. Like, we, we've had some big coaching changes this year. New offensive coordinator – uh, D-line is a premier position that's just changed. Wide receiver continues to change. Um, so I think that's some of it. I think if you compare just numbers to numbers, we're right on track. Last year, we saw a big run um, in April, and then like June, July, August where were really big. So hopefully, we see that in the next couple weeks. Um, but but I think, again, I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on this. I think for some reason there's still some sort of, I've said this word before, some sort of, like, stench about Penn State. Like, teams look at us as, or kids look at us, or, or media looks at us, I look at us as a team who is, like, right there, kind of close, but hasn't quite put it all together yet. Like, the Big Ten Championship is far enough in the rear view at this point. We're not still holding on to that. Um, yes, it was great to be ranked in the in the CFP, um, you know, number four this year before we fell out, Um you know, I think I think the the loss to Minnesota really hurt us this year. If if that if we stay on that, we finish really close to the CFP. Maybe that's a difference. Um, but it's it's also I, I think it's the game of we compare constantly. And this is the world of college football. You always compare to other teams and how you're looking right now. Ohio State has like ten commits. Seven of them are four stars right now. That's tough. Some of those are Pennsylvania kids. Um, but then you look at an Alabama. I think they have one, two um so there's some sort of mix there right like obviously the the top prizes of the class will save and and wait to commit till later uh caleb williams who is our our have to get this year top qb uh we really really want him to to finally land that true five-star qb he won't commit for a while um but should we be landing some of these high
1: three stars mid four-star guys that to fill out the class right now yeah yeah we should
0: um we had one kid. Just we've dropped. got a
1: couple of solid O line prospects that uh, we're we're hot on, right? Yeah, there's
0: a ton of them. So there's there's uh, Landon Tengual, Nolan Rucci. Um, I'm forgetting the names. There's like four of them that are all high four stars, low five stars. So yeah, there, there there is some of that that these kids will wait to commit. But to CJ's point, yeah, we should be getting. You know, we dominate the state. There are years that we've had six of the top ten in Pennsylvania, seven of the top ten in Pennsylvania. Should that be happening right now? Probably, um, but for me, it's March. I'm not going to panic yet. <laughs> you know, let, let's have this conversation in, in mid June, see where we're at. But I, I trust Franklin because he has given me no reason not to trust him in recruiting. Agreed. Uh, but CJ, again, thank you for the call. Really, really appreciate it. Um, and, and we'll do some more breakdowns on recruiting. Uh, You know, as we get more into the off season here. So that is our wrap up for football. We are at like an hour and a half right now. Um, So you might see some of this in another episode, not sure. Um, But we have a lot of wrestling. So Pat is gonna take us home with some wrestling talk. Pat, what's going on? If you wanna hear what's going on in the wrestling world or what was going on in the wrestling world before things shut down, check out part one of this episode dropped last week. We also talked about the NFL Combine and the upcoming NFL Draft. Check that out. We love you guys. We are